0: Welcome to Building an Eternal Business with Kristen Vance. As a Christian, a wife and mother, a creative entrepreneur, and a top leader of a million-dollar team, Kristen Vance sets out to successfully merge Christian faith with building a lasting business. Join her as she dives deep into leadership, team growth, sales techniques, and foundations of the Christian faith meant to change our mindset from the here and now to an eternal perspective. Let's jump right in with your host, Kristen Bates y'all. I hope you're having a very blessed day. On today's podcast episode, we are going to dive in to talking about a story in the Bible about a man named Judas. So if you're familiar with Judas, you're probably like, oh boy, great. This is going to be positive and uplifting because we all know Judas is a positive and uplifting guy, right? Actually, you're probably thinking the very opposite. When we think of Judas, we think of the enemy. We think of a man who messed up. We think of a story of we don't want to do that, right? Like our lesson is to not do what he did. Um, but there's actually, when I read the story of Judas and look at his life and look at his decisions and look at what came about because of Judas' Judas's decisions, I take away a few lessons from it that I actually want to share today with you guys. And so I'm going to read you a little bit. Um, actually, instead of reading, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this story for you so you can kind of Christ came to earth for a couple of reasons. He came here to fulfill a prophecy and to give us life to the fullest measure. Okay. And then he also came to seek us, save us, and bring us into a relationship with the father. And the way he accomplished this, accomplished these things is through the crucifixion on the cross. Okay, so this was not unexpected. This wasn't. This did not blindside God. This did not blindside Jesus. This was an expected occurrence that they knew was going to happen, and it would point back to the purposes that I just mentioned. The crucifixion would happen to fulfill that prophecy, to give us life, to bring us into a relationship. Okay, so I want you before we dive into the story to kind of flip the switch and don't think about it as people taking jesus's life but think about it as the opposite this story is about christ giving his life to us okay so i want to set that tone so going back to judas uh jesus picked 12 disciples now he could have picked anybody (laughs) he could have picked anybody and judas was one of those disciples that jesus picked okay Now, he was a very intricate part in his ministry, and all the disciples were. And actually, Judas was in charge of the treasury, okay? So he handled the money that came in, whether it was through the ministry or however that came about. He was the treasury, okay? Um, So the evening before Christ's death, he was having dinner with all of his disciples. And he says, there is somebody here who's going to betray me. Now, We know the story, or maybe you don't, but it was Judas. Judas was the person who would betray Jesus. He would bring Jesus to the Romans in exchange for 30 pieces of silver, okay? Here, the Romans would then capture him, and then he would be crucified. Now, going back, this is a man that walked with Jesus. This is a man who Jesus called friend, I want you to think about that for a second because let's relate it to ourselves. Let's relate it to our lives. How many of you guys have ever been betrayed by somebody close to you? It's one thing to be betrayed by somebody you don't really know, it still doesn't feel great. But when you're betrayed by a family member or a close friend who you would never think, somebody who you called your best friend, somebody who walked life with you, somebody who's seen all the good, the bad, and in between. And if they betrayed you, how would that make you feel? And I'm sure you can think of a situation Let's back up a little bit further, even before Judas betrayed Jesus, because I want you to get this picture of Judas so that we can take some lessons away from this. So even before that story, the disciples gathered together in Mary and Martha's home. And here, Mary takes out a very expensive perfume. Not sure what it was worth, but I know Based off of what it says in the Bible, it was an expensive perfume. Now, this is going to seem a little bit odd, especially if you're not familiar with the Bible or you haven't read the Bible. They obviously, there's things that were done back in the day that would probably be a little strange if we did it now. Well, one of those things is she took the perfume and she poured it on Jesus' feet and then she began to wash his feet with her hair right? I know. (laughs) Seems kind of odd. But this was her way of showing Jesus her extravagant love for him. So meanwhile, though, while this is happening, Judas is there. And remember, he handles all the money. He's the treasure. And of course, I'm paraphrasing, okay? This is not quoting. This is how I see this scene going down, all right? Judas is basically like, what the heck, man? what are you doing? Why are you wasting that perfume? And you know what he says? He basically says, this could have gone to the poor. Now you're like, oh, Judas, what an amazing fella. You know, he really cared about where that money was going to, or where that money was going. But here's the thing. There's more to the story. Isn't there always? (laughs) Judas was greedy. Okay, he was actually stealing money from the treasury. He was stealing money from the ministry. He was not an honest man, you guys. And John was actually on to him. Judas cared more about the position than the passion for Jesus. And this wasn't just like Judas was born this way, or he was just always, I mean, it's a slow fade, just like anything in life. When you fall into temptation, or you fall into sin, it was a slow fade for Judas, just like it is for us. Okay, so that just kind of paints a picture of Judas, because you want to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, his intentions of saying, oh, this could have gone to the poor was not the case. He actually wanted the money to go to them so that he could then steal the money. So Judas just was not a great guy, okay? Now, going back to the night before Jesus is crucified and they're having supper, basically J- Jesus says that somebody here will betray me. Everybody's looking around and Jesus is like, I don't know. I don't know who's going to betray him, even though he knew he was going to betray him. And then what's interesting is he says, whatever you are going to do, go do it quickly. You see, Jesus already knew, you guys. Jesus is all. He's always been. He knows everything. And he knew that Judas would betray him. But yet, here's the first lesson I really want you to get. Jesus still, even though he knew this man who he called friend was going to betray him, he still broke bread with him. He still shared his food with him. Now, listen, I don't really like to share my food, period, especially if I've got sweet potato fries on my plate. Don't you dare put your hands on my sweet potato fries. You'll get stabbed with a fork, all right? (laughs) Like, I love my sweet potato fries. I won't really stab you. I will share. I don't want to. My flesh doesn't want to. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard enough to share your food, period. but then you're sitting at a table with somebody you really don't like. What if you knew before they betrayed you that they were going to? How would you treat that person? You'd probably want to poison that bread that you're going to share with him, right? But he still broke bread. He still called him friend. Y'all, he still served Judas. He actually ended up washing all of the disciples' feet. Even Judas, who he knew would betray him, betray him. I think we tend to take the total opposite approach in these situations, right? We don't serve our Judases. What we want to do is we want them to suffer. Let's just be honest. That sounds awful, but it's true. When somebody has hurt you or betrayed you, you want that karma to set in, right? You want to see them penalized for what they did. And that is our human flesh That will always be there. That is something we have to fight and pray for grace for them and for ourselves over constantly. What we like to do is not only see that suffering, but we like to make it known who our Judases are. We like to go to other people and say, yeah, that person's a Judas. Don't trust them. Don't don't listen to them. You don't want to be friends with them. We immediately go to people. We want people to know who they are. But here's the thing, and it's the hard truth. If we are supposed to be disciples, the love that we show to our enemies should look a lot different. Going back to Jesus washing the disciples' feet, here's the thing, it wasn't just Judas. Peter denied him. Thomas was doubtful, right? He probably didn't even really enjoy washing Peter's feet. I mean, if that was me, I wouldn't have really enjoyed washing Peter or Thomas's feet, knowing that that was going to happen. But especially Judas. So here's my question Would you feed the mouth of the one who deceived you? Would you go a step further? Would you wash the feet of the one who has deceived you? Now, listen, I do a lot on social media. You guys know this. I run a business that my platform is on social media. And so I'm constantly just engulfed with all things social media. And you gotta love when you see quotes pop up that are either meant to be inspirational or drive some kind of emotion. And I see a lot of different graphics and quotes that say things, for instance, like look out for yourself or I don't hold grudges. You just become irrelevant. All I have to do is wait long enough for karma to do to you what it did to me. Don't cross oceans for those who wouldn't cross puddles. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Have you ever heard those things? And, and instantly, you're like, yeah, that's truth. But is it? Because the only truth comes from the Word. And if you look at the Word, it actually says quite the opposite. It doesn't say, look out for yourself. It says, look out for others, and I will look out for you. Meaning, you look out for others, and Jesus will look out for you. Or what? have you ever heard... Be savage, not average. Now, I don't really know what that means. I don't know if that's like literal savage. I can't really tell. I feel like I'm not up with the times sometimes. But the Bible actually says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Or what about, uh, I don't hold grudges, you just become irrelevant. Versus be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Or what about don't cross oceans for those who wouldn't cross puddles? And the Bible says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Bless those who hurt you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And it also says it's not about what you gain. It's about what you give. And that's a really hard concept for me to wrap my mind around, especially when it comes to the Judases in our life. Because you're probably not gaining much from that person in your life. But it's about what you give to them. So here's the lesson. We are all sinners. We all fall short. Judas was a sinner. He fell short. And yet Jesus still called him friend. So how do you treat those who hurt you? I want to read you a scripture in John chapter 13 verse 34. It says a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I wrote this also in my Bible. I have notes all over my Bible. But I wrote this. I don't know when I wrote it. I don't know where it came from, but I wrote this and I thought it was good. So I don't know if it came from me or somebody else, probably somebody else. But I wrote, are you a disciple or just a quote-unquote Christian? Remember, when God loved us at our lowest This is the love we must show to others. This is how they will know you're a disciple. A disciple doesn't just learn from the rabbi. They live like a rabbi. And the point that stood out to me when I was reading this again, it says, Remember when God loved you at your lowest, that's how we should love our enemies. And that truly brings emotion to me because I've been at some very low points Some because of decisions of others and some because of my own stupid decisions, right? I've been at low points and remembering how much Christ never gave up on me, how much he loved me. That's the love I'm supposed to have for my quote unquote enemies, for the Judases in your life. That really challenges me and really makes me want to strive not to just learn from the rabbi, learn from Jesus, but to be like him. So here's the thing and write this down. When you can learn how to sit at the table with your Judas, the Judas in your life, then you will begin to really understand the love of Christ. When you can learn how to sit at the table with the Judas in your life, then you can really understand the love of Christ. And I know I sound sad, but that actually makes me really happy. That it's like no matter how... Low we go, no matter how much we've betrayed Christ, because we all have. And I'm about to get to that next point. But Jesus still sits at the table with us. He still calls us friend, and we're so undeserving of that. But yet I'm so grateful for that. Lesson number two out of Judas's story there is a purpose to have a Judas in your life, okay? Most of us see Judas as the enemy. Ju- Jesus saw him as an employee. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Jesus saw him as a means to fill the, pro- the prophecy. The purpose of why he came, which remember is to bring us life, to bring us in relation with him. Now you may think to yourself, and listen, I've thought this. Well, shoot, that stinks for Judas. He didn't have a chance. Judas was all part of the plan the whole time. No, Judas still had a choice. The prophecy was going to be filled one way or the other. Whether they used a good situation to, to bring it about or a bad situation, Judas still had a choice. He was not destined to just screw that up. We all have a choice. Now, I think back to the book, and I always butcher pronouncing it. Uh, oh, man, y'all, I'm going to butcher it again. It's a hab. Ha, Oh, Lord, I probably shouldn't even try to say it because I even practiced before this because for some reason, no matter how many times I've read this book or listened to um, a lesson on it, I can't ever get it right. But is it Habakkuk? Ha- ha- Habakkuk. That's what it is. Habakkuk. Oh, my word. I'm not going to cut this out, y'all. Real life. Okay. In the book of Habakkuk, I'm pretty sure I said that right. Um, he was praying to deliver the nation of Judah. And God told him, I'm actually going to raise your enemy up. How many of you guys have prayed for resolution in a situation? You've prayed, God, take this away. God, make it go away. And typically we think, okay, we're praying because if we pray, he's going to help the situation. And actually in this situation, instead of delivering the nation of Judah, he goes, you know what? I'm going to raise up your enemy. Now, most of us would go, wait a minute. What kind of God is that? Have you ever thought that? Here's the thing. We tend to associate God with comfort and Satan with discomfort. Right? But here's the thing. Sometimes Satan's weapons are comfort. And Jesus uses the discomfort to fulfill something. Or to teach us something. Or he uses it for good. Sometimes Jesus is keeping the Judas in your life for a reason. Now wrap your head around that. (laughs) I used to be a personal trainer. And I, I trained a lot of people. But I've also, I mean, you don't have to be a personal trainer to know this if you've ever worked out. You know that if you want to gain muscle. If you want to grow in the area of health fitness, you know, body, if you want to lose some body fat, if you want to put on some muscle, in order to gain, you guys, you have to reach a level of discomfort. If you go to the gym and you're working at a comfortable level and you never push past those points of discomfort, you never experience the gain. And this kind of is a good reference into the situation. Sometimes God, allows certain situations to happen in your life because there is a lesson in it, there is growth in it, and sometimes, you guys, there is a blessing in it. And I've been through seasons in my life where things don't seem to get better. And I just want to pray for it to go away. I want to pray for it to all just, I want to snap my fingers and it disappear. But instead of praying, whatever you're going through Away instead of praying for that Judas in your life to just disappear, I want you to pray for God's will in that situation to be done and say, God, open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart. What is it that you want me to learn from this? Now, that's a hard thing to accept, that's a hard thing to pray. I remember at the lowest of low in my life. The point where I realized, okay, like I'm giving this to Jesus is when I said, God, if you want to keep me in this valley, if there is a reason you have me here, then keep me here. And that was the hardest thing to ever say. I didn't want to say it, but I knew that there was a reason. And so if there is a Judas in your life, I'm not saying just keep him around. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying like look for Judas's in your life and bring that that negativity into your life, but if it's there, I want you to look for the lesson, look for the growth out of that situation that not only, you know, that maybe you can help them take away, but you can personally take away from the situation. Here's the thing going back to the Bible, Peter, another disciple. He could not understand why at the height of Jesus's ministry, when all the miracles were happening, when everything was going well, why in the world they would go to Jerusalem for God to, for, sorry, for Jesus to be crucified. Why in the world would they do that? Peter saw this as a problem. Peter saw this as the end. Here's the cool thing. Jesus saw it as, as the beginning, not the end. He saw it as the beginning of the prophecy that would be fulfilled. So when you look at your Judas, is it a conflict or is it part of the purpose? And pray for that. Pray for that clarity. But that's the second lesson that I want you to take away from this. There's a purpose in having a Judas in your life. And there's always something you can learn from it. And here's the last part I want to talk on today. It's probably the shortest, but maybe the most important for us to really wrap our minds around. The third lesson that I take away from Judas is that I'm also Judas. And I don't like admitting that. (laughs) Because when I read the story of Judas, I'm like, homie, get it together. Like, homeboy, come on. Like, get it together. Do you not see everything that Jesus did for you? Do you not know that he washed your feet? Do you not know that he broke bread with you? Do you not know that he called you friend? Do you not know who he is? And yet you're still going to make this messed up decision. And I quickly want to throw that stone. But I have to come back to a place of humility where I go, you know what? I've been a Judas. I've probably been a Judas in somebody's life that I'm not even aware of. I fall short. We all fall short. Nobody's perfect. And here's here's kind of a cool part about it, though, is when When you humbly accept that you are a Judas and realize that you are imperfect, you are more likely to give grace to the Judases in your life instead of lashing out or running and telling everybody about them. You will learn to treat the Judas in your life differently when you can truly realize and admit that you are also a Judas and we all fall short. Not a single soul listening to this can admit that we've never betrayed Christ. Not a single soul here can admit that you've never been in church on a Sunday morning raising your hands, saying, Jesus is Lord of my life. He's my everything. And Monday morning hits. Things don't go as planned. And you're already like, where are you, God? You're already questioning Him. You're already falling short. You're already... Losing sight of who he is. We all have betrayed Christ at some point in our lives. And honestly, we all will do it again. Now, for some people, you may go, wow, I feel really ashamed. And you may want to stay in that pit of despair, so to speak. But here is the, beauti- the beautiful news about this entire story. Is that although we are all Judases, Christ still came knowing Knowing that all of us would betray him. When he, when he stood up that night before he was crucified and he said, Who here will betray me? He already knew. He already knew, you guys. He already knew that we were messed up. <laughs> he already knew that we were hypocrites. He already knew that we were imperfect people. And yet he still came. And he still broke bread. And he still calls us friend. And he still forgives you. And so really accepting, wow. Out of all the things I've done, Christ still shows me grace. He still calls me friend. When you can accept that, you can then go, you know what? That Judas in my life, I need to show them that same grace. Doesn't mean I need to trust them and be a BFF. that's not what I'm saying here. But you show them grace and you begin to pray about what you can give to them and not gain from them. And so those are the three lessons I took away when reading about judas is one am i willing to sit at the table with my judas and break bread what is the purpose of judas in my life and how am i like judas and how does that actually bring me hope for situations that I'm in where I may feel like I'm under attack or there's somebody attacking you or something in your life it should give you hope that you know what this is very similar to how I've been to God and yet he forgives me and take a look at the Judas in your life and say okay I'm going to give them grace I'm going to choose to give them grace so I pray that this spoke to you in some way I'd love to know which of the three lessons really just really resonated with you the most um, feel free to share this podcast, you guys. I'd love to get the word out about it. We do business stuff. We also do devotions like this. Today, I really just felt led to, to share this message. Feel free to share it in your stories, you guys. If you like this podcast, don't do it if you don't like it, but if you like it, five-star and a review would mean more than you know. Um, and Feel free to subscribe, but I hope that you took something away from this, and I will see you next time.